0: It's about a <laughs> It's about a German voice actor who switches bodies with Jim Carrey. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh my god, what? <laughs> Go on like
2: <laughs> That sounds amazing.
0: Um it's called Ich bin Jim, which means oh. I am Jim in German. That's and amazing. yeah, it's it's this kind of like German voice actor who's not really having much success, but he's He really wants to be a playwright and he's married to a very successful playwright. Um, and he during a voice session, he um he like he is the dubbing actor for Jim Carrey. I should have given you that detail, that's important. (laughs) And so one day when he's recording, when he's dubbing Ace Ventura 3, um Jim Carrey (laughs) is simultaneously meditating in in his uh painting studio in LA and they they switch bodies. It sounds fantastic. That. I'll leave the rest to your imagination.
2: This is a... heavily,
0: heavily inspired by being John Malkovich and also my childhood love of Jim Carrey.
1: <laughs> I was just about to say, like it's like being John Malkovich becomes Jim Carrey, but also like Freaky Friday and this exactly, beautiful yeah.
2: those melding. Are two, like
0: totally, those are the two touchstones. <laughs>
1: That's awesome. Cinema,
3: Cinema was waiting for a stupid. blend of those. welcome to i went to film school the podcast about film school and life after film school
1: i'm zach joined by my co-host as usual moss hey zacharoo how's it going buddy zacharoo yeah i don't know i was going to think something.
3: we're on a zacharoo basis <laughs> is that what you think this is i
1: thought you told me i could call you whatever I oh god to
3: the end of my name <laughs> great thanks for this
1: Moss. i don't know like you know it's like adding like a little o at the end of like friendo or something you know what just whatever we don't need the judgments already like it just started like <laughs>
3: you're off the show that's it we're done
1: now. <laughs> <laughs> well good <laughs> Good. Thank you. Finally.
3: Uh, <laughs> of, wow, we have a good guest on today, Moss. We have Laura Gladwell. Uh, she attended uh, the BFA in screenwriting at York, followed immediately like you uh, by a master's in screenwriting at York. Doubleheader. Mm-hmm.
1: Except I didn't do a master's at screenwriting. I did I know, a master's but in like, the more boring one. Uh, just I know, so, just
3: but <laughs> I'm just saying like you did an undergrad immediately followed by a master's. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah, no, she, uh, she's she got some great stories and some great like uh, insights into specifically like her pathway, not just in the like the terrible, terrible institution known as York, but also just, you know, just like as a as an artist and as a writer. So it's uh, it's a great conversation.
3: Yeah. And unlike us, Laura has genuine life experience outside just going to York University for film.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And a good variety too. not just like in one discipline or anything like. She's a multi-talented artist and individual. So yeah, Yeah. completely different from us. I just want to stress that. Like I just.
3: Yeah. These are the guests we need on the podcast. Kind of like, just like give us some dimension.
1: Yeah. Like we need some ounce of credibility and it can't come from us. Like we can't be the source. So,
3: No. Yeah. Like that's. In fact, starting this podcast has taken away a lot of the credibility we (laughs) did have.
1: How did, yeah, I
3: mean, it's, it's, it's it's been we've been demoted.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's not like we're in like under observation from an official, we demoted us ourselves. We we realized like listening back to, like, man, our opinions
3: uh, mean less because we, because once a month we record an hour of talking about education.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Like, like as if we're like pedagogy experts, like we are like, you know, true education. Anyway. Yeah. It's funny. Yeah. I'm glad we could bring our intro back to us. Yes, yeah. isn't that I amazing? Mean, how we just can't. Yeah, that's how you know this.
3: you're running a podcast.
1: <laughs> yeah, we're just always finding a way to go <laughs> and bring it back to us. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Two white guys running a podcast. Somehow they managed to talk about themselves for a bit. That's crazy, bro. Wow. And cut from there
3: straight to the interview. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Yeah, enjoy everybody. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah.
3: I met you with Julia, didn't I, when you were first joining the program?
0: That's right. Yeah.
3: Yes, I remember that.
0: Yeah, because I had reached out to Howie, the head of the program, Howard Wiseman, um, kind of trying to get a sense of of what to expect throughout the four years. And he pulled you and and Julia Galilee into his office to to chat with me. I remember that
3: yeah i remember that too that's because like that's where and then every time Braden brought you up uh uh it's like our mutual friend Braden, who's also been on the podcast uh i would i remember i would just that's how i'd remember you always <laughs> <laughs> okay so let's jump in with uh all right so uh so why don't you just introduce yourself by saying like um where like where you went to film school and like what program you were in
0: sure yeah yeah i'm laura gladwell and I went through the BFA screenwriting program at York. Um, I started there in 2016. And then immediately after graduating from that program, I started the MFA screenwriting program also at York. So really doing a whole marathon at York. Yeah, You just went
3: like all the way through.
0: Yeah. For better <laughs> or worse, yes.
3: So what made you want to apply and pursue the BFA screenwriting at York to begin with?
0: Well, I mean, at, at that time, I was actually living in Germany, um, and I I came to York as a quote unquote mature student. So I had been out of school for like eight and a half years, and knew that I eventually wanted to go back. And then I guess I I read about this program, um, and it appealed to me because at the time, I don't know how it's kind of advertising itself now, but then back in 2016, it was like this 10 person program. It sounded like this very like intimate workshop based program and so that really appealed to me and I I applied um yeah and then it was kind of honestly a bit a bit disappointing in the beginning because I got there and that's not at all what the vibe was it was like my very first class was like a human biology course that felt like I was back in grade seven or something and <laughs> um yeah and that and that was kind of when I got there it was like okay no it's like you're in these very large classes and you're kind of mixed in with every other film production or cinema and media student. Um, and I only had a half year screenwriting course in the first year of the program. Uh, so it, it just felt like a very sort of, um, yeah, it didn't feel like the program I expected. And that was, that's why it was helpful to talk to you at that point and to, to Julia and kind of get a sense of like, cause you guys were in your third year, I think at that point.
3: Yes. I think, yeah, I think we were. And
0: yeah and i i mean as i went through the program i definitely got more out of it and especially in the 3rd and 4th year that's when it was like okay this is what i signed up to do and once i got like yeah those those biology courses and like other intro to whatever dance <laughs> uh theory and stuff like just weird so many weird courses as you guys have also i'm sure yeah
3: they experience. really make you take a lot of filler yes yeah uh so can I ask? Or this is like taking a bit of a back step, but why were you living in Germany at the time? Just out of curiosity.
0: Yeah, no worries. I um, I mean, initially it was a work and travel thing. I went there when I was twenty-four, and I was just going to stay one year. Uh, and I ended up working with kids. I was teaching kindergarten uh, at a private school, and I was at the time I was also more kind of focused on music. I also play. Piano and sing and that kind of that was my focus then creatively and um yeah and I, I i met um my now husband there he's from berlin so that was definitely a factor in staying longer so i ended up staying there for four years and then we moved uh, back to toronto i'm from toronto and we we moved here together yeah like six years ago now
3: so did you move back primarily like when you were going to york for the program
0: I start yeah I moved back the summer before I started that program um and that was actually it's it was sort of weirdly part of like going to New York was kind of also a side effect of my husband and I moving to Toronto cuz I was sponsoring him because he's German to move to Canada and and in order for us to do that I had to prove that I had a plan <laughs> so that kind of it all kind of came together because of that it was like okay I w- now's a good time to apply for school and like I've always wanted to wanted to go back and, and have a feeling. I mean, I'd done, uh, straight after high school, I I was in a creative writing program at Concordia and I was also briefly in Humber's, uh, comedy program. So I'd done like creative writing was always, and, and like performing, it's always kind of been something I want to do. And, and yeah. Yeah. So then coming, coming back to school at that point just kind of made sense. It's like, okay, this is a good time to do this. Cause what else was I going to do? And yeah, I, I didn't really have a plan at that point of what I was going to do in mm-hmm. Toronto. So
3: how did you find the creative writing program at Concordia?
0: It was all right. Like, um, it just wasn't really, I guess I was taking mostly like a fiction course, uh, like writing short stories and things. There wasn't, there wasn't really, there was a playwriting course, but there wasn't anything on offer that was like a screenwriting course. and that's. Yeah. I mean, I I did quite a bit of playwriting in high school, um, but I I wasn't really interested in pursuing theater um, or like fiction writing. So yeah, it wasn't yep. it didn't really do it for me. But I mainly left. Like I probably would have stayed in that program had I not heard about Humbers Comedy Program and applied to I applied to that in my first year at Concordia, and then once I got in, I transferred into that program.
2: I was just gonna. Yeah. Go ahead,
1: gonna, no, no, I was just going to ask about uh Humber's comedy program. What was that like?
0: Well, I dropped out after a semester. So.
1: <laughs> <laughs> was it did
3: was, you just wasn't like, very not, funny. This not for you or
0: It was not for me. It was very like I mean at that time I was I was 19. I was like one of maybe nine female students in the program. It was all like very young dudes who were like just Yeah just like going leaving home for the first time or um yeah a lot of like i didn't really find my people in that program and it honestly yeah. left me feeling kind of depressed mm. <laughs> so this is,
3: these are the stories we're here for
0: yeah yeah it was it was not a very inspiring experience it's also like their campus it's out in etobicoke so it's just kind of a uh, i mean nothing against no. etobicoke but just
3: <laughs> a little against etobicoke it's not
0: situated in like the middle of the comedy scene, or something. You're kind of like going to this weird, this weird campus, and you know, yeah, yeah. Have
3: you taken That's any comedy courses or anything like that since then?
0: I did a stand-up course um, with Don Whitwell, who's a, a great, like stand-up, and she wrote on Baroness on sketch show and and various other things. Um, oh wow,
2: that
0: was 2019, I guess. Yeah, like late late 2019. So I did had to perform we had sort of like a showcase at the end of that.
3: Was that like a private course she offered or was that like through?
0: It's through comedy bar. So it's called comedy girl. Okay. I'm not sure if if she's been running it like during the pandemic, but, but yeah, it was, it's been like, it had been going for quite a while when I, when I did it. Yeah. And that was fun. And I'm, I'm still very interested in comedy. Like I've always been a comedy nerd and I'm like writing a show that kind of centers on the character who's in that world and definitely still something I'm I'm into.
2: Yeah.
3: I I took a similar sounding course in Second City. I took like an oh, intro cool. to stand up course uh and in twenty nineteen as well and we did like a five minute showcase at the end. Have you done the open mic nights with
0: stand up? No, I haven't. But it's, it's that's fair. That, that may lie in my future. Who knows?
3: <laughs> uh if you do, they're very uh um Depending on where you go, it's very much what you described with that Humber Comedy course, with like a lot of young dudes saying uh, a lot of stuff that should never have been said in public to begin with. And <laughs> <Right>. yeah. <laughs> uh, Yeah. All right. So, going back to so, yeah. So, when you started at York, you were kind of unsure of the program. And I, I actually kind of know what you mean, where like they do, I think they do still advertise that course, that whole program as like a 10 person workshop, like a more intimate program. Yes, and then it's quite the opposite when you get in there, at least until the upper years. Uh, did yeah, you? Were you involved? Go ahead.
0: No, no, sorry. You go for it.
3: Uh, were you involved in any like productions of short films while you were there in the first two years?
0: Uh, in the first year, no. Well, I guess I I took like an intro to production course in the first year, and we had to make a couple of short films, silent short films. So there was that, and then. I'm trying to remember the timeline. I guess I definitely helped out. Yeah, I helped out on, on a grad student's short. I think that was in my third year, though. I'm sorry, I'm foggy on this, but, no, but yeah, okay. I helped. I kind of like production coordinated for for this grad student's project. Uh, I made a short that had I'd written a short in my second year that was selected for production like for the production students to make and that ended up falling through and i i decided to make it on my own so i made it with a bunch of york people but but it wasn't for a course. um in the end even though i'd written it in a course and yeah i guess that's that was it in terms of like actually producing work in my undergrad years
3: how did how did it fall through
0: there was some weird shit happening with the director that was assigned to the project and I didn't mm-hmm. feel comfortable with, with that person directing it. So I kind of had to pull it.
3: Oh yeah. Was it, was it an easy process to pull it when you didn't
2: feel comfortable or.
0: It was a disappointing process. It was, I didn't really feel supported by, by, I felt supported by a certain faculty, but the person who ultimately like could have intervened did not so yeah that was sort of unfortunate but in the end I got to make the thing like the way I wanted to and I mean there's a million things I would change about it if I watch it now it'll make me cringe but but it was a good experience to like you know I shot it in my apartment and um that was like a really I learned a lot from doing that and I wouldn't have had that experience if if I'd let this other person direct it so
3: do you mind if I ask what was the short film about?
0: Yeah, it's called brunchophobia, and about a <laughs> couple <they're> kind of <laughs> this couple who kind of like spiral after uh, their friends don't invite them. There's a misunderstanding around a brunch invitation with their usual <laughs> circle, and and the woman is kind of spiraling about why they're not included. And yeah, that's the gist of it.
3: How was uh, so? What was the process like of making that outside school?
0: Well, I had, um, at the time I was working, I worked at a restaurant, like all throughout my uh, BFA program. And a couple of people there were were doing film stuff. And one of them had actually gone through the program at York. And so she came on as the assistant director and really helped. Like she really ran the show and that was awesome. And then I got, um, yeah, I, I had some help from a bunch of York people too.
2: So it was good. I mean, we did it over two days. It was a good, a good little shoot. How was, um, go
1: ahead. I I just wanted to say, I really like that you went and directed that script anyway, because like sometimes like I've, I've heard like very similar stories where, you know, they, they have a great script and it just never goes anywhere because like production, either it just didn't get accepted by the production side in the first place or some kind of thing like if some kind of falling out happens and it doesn't get made at all and it's like no right. so it's like you know what even if you look back at it and you cringe now it's like yeah that's every filmmaker like you gotta like you know that's yeah, it was,
0: you know save for like the two these like silent shorts i had to make in the sort of film 101 course it was the first thing i'd really directed and
2: yeah i'm definitely glad i did it even if even if it didn't turn out perfectly. Nice. Yeah. Did you, do you have any, like, big lessons or takeaways you had from that experience of, like, making that short outside York? I mean, I th- do you mean, like, the experience of doing it independently or just, or just? Uh, yeah, like, the
3: experience of doing it, of, of, like, of doing it independently or, like, is there anything you would have done differently had you, like, done it if you were, like, do that again?
0: Oh, tons. Like, I would have, yeah, I would have done a lot differently, but just in terms of the way it was, yeah, aesthetically and kind of, I think I would have spent more time rehearsing as well with the actors. And, um, But no, I think I can't think of any like major lessons from that particular project. And maybe it's just, it was like quite a long time ago, but, um, but I definitely learned that I like directing. It was the first thing, first time I've really done that.
3: That's awesome. That's like a valuable lesson in itself, right? Yeah. So after that whole experience in second year, then, did you ever try to pursue like the sh- like the opportunities to make shorts with uh, the production students in your third and fourth year then?
0: Not so much in third and fourth year, aside from this one master students short that I, that I helped out on. Um, but since then, I mean, I, I made another short in my first year of the MFA program. I took a, a narrative directing course with Don McKellar. He came in as a, a guest instructor. Uh, so everyone had, in that course had to make their own short film. So I, I wrote and directed one for that. And then since then I've also um, kind of reconnected with this comedian that I knew from years ago. We'd worked together at Mervish Productions and we kind of reconnected and, and she was making a web series. This was last, I think this was last March. 2020 and 2021 are the same year. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think that was March, March of 21.
1: It really do blew together.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And so I, I kind of, um, assistant directed on that project. It was like a seven episode web series. And, and then again, I worked with her on a short film this past summer. So I've still been doing, doing stuff on set as often as I can. And it's been tricky throughout the pandemic, but, but, um, yeah, I love like I also love just like PAing on a set or you know if it's if it's like friends who are making it or it's a project that I think is cool then I think it's always good to keep doing that stuff and just like always trying out different different ways of getting involved in things.
3: Do you enjoy being on set like generally?
0: Yes and no. Like it can, it can get tiring the waiting there's so much waiting and that can be exhausting but um but I do like being around it. And like, I think it's important. Also, even if I don't want to be, even if I do want to primarily focus on writing, um, it's really important to understand how all that works. Yes. You know, cause that, that informs like how you're approaching a script too.
3: Yeah. I think like, uh, just going off that, I think through my time, like helping others make shorts at York and trying to get like, and, like I, I did the same thing in second year. Like, I got a script produced and, um,
2: nice.
3: and yeah, um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was sorry. That sounds like I was trying to brag, but like, no, no, no. but like, <laughs> you know what i'm talking about but yeah but like through my experience of like helping out on set in like third and fourth year like i really when it came to writing short films i really did get to see it through like other people's eyes and whatnot and my short in second year took place like all outside in a graveyard and we shot in the middle of winter and i think it scared me out of ever writing the words exterior in a short film ever again
0: (laughs) oh my god yeah i did the the short that i mentioned uh that i did in john mckeller's class that was also like because we were writing these projects to produce in like high pandemic times. And so I was like, I need to write something outside. I don't feel comfortable trying to do something indoors with people. And so, um, and so I wrote something that was set on the Toronto islands and it was also exterior night and ended up being, we had to push, it was one of those, one of those days where like Ontario issues a really hysterical weather alert, but it was actually like, warranted in this scenario and it was like terrible like crazy windstorm so fucking cold and it's always colder on the island too so like had to push push the dates a couple of days for that but then it ended up still being horrible weather conditions like, yeah that miserable sucks. shooting experience <laughs>
3: damn did it, it did so you still hard. were you still able to like shoot it on the island though in the end yeah, yeah
0: we got it done oh that's great we did it over two over two days yeah
3: what was it about this one pardon what was the short film about
0: that one's about it's it's called last boat and it's about a couple of old high school friends who get stranded on wards island after a a old friend's bachelor party bachelorette
2: party sorry um because they miss yeah they miss last ferry to toronto that sounds interesting yeah that sounds another little ditty another little short dinker you know
3: no i like <laughs> i like it and i can like and it's funny you mentioned playwriting before because i also sounds like just the concept of that could be a play as well
0: that's true yeah yeah if it was just set at the fairy docks
3: right single location
0: right
3: uh but but yeah like going like because like yeah it, it's very valuable for writers to actually like, go on set and see what it goes into like making these friggin things and develop some skill sets that to be helped with production as well which I think, I don't know what your experience was, but like, I think they kind of put my prompts kind of pushed that a bit with the writers at York in the younger years, but not enough to the point where oh, it's really? some of the stuff people were trying to write as short films in third and fourth year I was like, why? Like, no one's gonna, we do not, it's not gonna happen now. Like,
0: yeah, I think what I found unfortunate about the way York structures their programs, or at least like the film programs, is that like film, film production majors have a lot of opportunities to kind of cross over into screenwriting courses and there's it doesn't really go the other way like i think um, yeah production students are yeah it's like the faculty is like yeah of course they're also writers but you know a lot of people who are in the writing program are also interested in directing or you know doing whatever so yeah oh yeah
3: freaking preach that that. yeah that's something i've yelled a lot about yelled on this podcast a lot about about a lot sorry um uh yeah i i hate i hate the the double standard of like again production students can come and try out anything they want but god forbid a writer be allowed to like like a screenwriting student be allowed to take a production course
2: it's
1: especially sorry i was just sorry it's especially ironic just because york loves to teach auteur theory so it's like yes be a writer director but only if you're a director
2: first that's right. the it's like weird think,
0: yeah they could they could make the program a lot more interdisciplinary and i think it used to be i don't know i don't know what prompted the change to have these kind of like writing versus production streams um
3: yeah i hate the separation of screenwriting production student production program uh, i think it's because the screenwriting program is a lot younger and uh, more exclusive and the fact that york seems to be so proud of the fact it's like one i think it's the only one in canada that has an actual screenwriting bfa yeah um but regardless i remember between first and second year i tried to ask for permission to go into the second year production course to learn some more valuable productions like skills and to be more involved with the production students and like i wrote like a well-written email, like kind of pleading my case, and I, and again, my my the responses I got were always one sentence, like "nah, no, sent from my iPhone," type bullshit from profs.
0: Oh man!
3: That like is... they never entertained it for a second.
0: That's yeah, that's lame. That's too.
3: To bad. the point where, like, I often say this, but like, if someone comes to me like saying they're considering trying to go to the screening program at York, I'd be like, honestly, try to get into the production program instead because you'll be able to you you might as well be able to do both programs at that point.
0: Right. Yeah, in retrospect, I kind of wish I'd known that and maybe applied to that program instead. But but I also feel like the master's program is more like the program that I kind of wanted to do and and the, the bachelor's program did prepare me for it in a lot of ways, but I kind of feel like yeah, the, the MFA program is is more my speed, I think.
3: So what made you want to apply to the master's program towards the end of your undergrad?
0: I think I just wanted to like keep the momentum going and I've really benefited from the deadlines and the structure. I know everyone says that it's not like a pretend thought, but um but yeah, that just being in that system where you where you have to generate material, I really need that. I really struggle to to get things done otherwise. And also it's a fully funded program so that you know, just removing that like financial pressure is a big part of it. And it it kind of just felt like, why not? Yeah, why not go for it? And luckily, like it does feel like a different, I kind of wondered if it would just feel if I was gonna have like the same instructors and things, but I actually haven't. I've had totally different instructors in this program. And it's also been all virtual. So just that alone has it's been a very like different environment um, Mm -hmm. than the BFA program was. So it's been good. I'm, And I mean, at this point, it's very self-directed. I'm finished. I'm in my second year and I'm really just focusing on my thesis project now. And I'm I'm done my courses and all of that. So it's I don't have any like, yeah, I don't have any any classes to deal with anymore.
1: Are you going to awesome. do any teaching assistant work or uh, like grading? What's there's a few other graduates positions that they can give you I think you I
0: did yeah I, in in the fall I was a teaching assistant so I
1: oh okay so you're yeah
0: um, I did the first year screenwriting class
1: nice how yeah. was that
0: it was good like I I wish that it had been in person it was it was weird to do it on zoom because like so many people just didn't turn their cameras on so you're just kind of talking to all these black squares and don't know if you're getting through to anybody and yeah and it was it was a lot of work a lot of planning and, and prep work and a lot of time spent grading that was definitely yeah grading I had like 55 students in total because I had two groups two tutorial groups um so that was intense on top of my own workload I think I would I would really enjoy doing that again with a smaller group and if I didn't if I wasn't also juggling like a couple of my own courses and, and my thesis project it was a lot fall was a bit
2: of a shit
1: show yeah that does sound like a pretty intense workload yeah but uh, i i agree like um my my time at the masters ended just as the the pandemic started like around like march of 2020
2: okay
1: um so like i the last like two months of teaching where i didn't even do zooms it was just all emails getting right. the last few assignments and just chaos um but i i still i still. I still don't envy having to do that over zoom. Cause I, that just doesn't. Yeah. Like tell you saying about talking about black squares and like not knowing if you're getting the people that just sucks.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, there were some, there were people who who actively participated and that was nice, but yeah, it was just, it was a bizarre environment to be doing that in to yeah. be delivering a course in.
1: So it's good that you had some active participants. Like I had like w- when I had two tutorials that I was teaching and some like it was like pulling teeth. Like it's really hard to get people to respond to questions and stuff.
0: It is. Yeah. Yeah. And you can't, you're not allowed to force them to turn their cameras on.
2: Right. Right.
0: So that's, that's tricky. Yeah. But
2: I'm glad I did it. It was a good, good experience overall. Good to have done it. Nice. What was it like reading their writing and. Having to mark them based off that.
0: Ooh, it was um. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not speaking to the quality of the writing, but just I think the assignments just were not very inspiring a lot of the time. And they, I, mean, it? I they were the assignments that I had also done. Like I, I was already I was pretty familiar with the course because because I've done this York Marathon. Like it was just a few years ago that I did that. Um. So that was kind of an advantage cuz I I could show them like some samples and um I felt like uh yeah that wasn't your question though you're asking me about about
2: No but this is interesting no keep going though
0: mm-hmm. I think I think it was awkward having to assign a letter and a number to their work I really enjoy giving notes and I feel like I can offer a lot if I'm like you know getting really granular with feedback but but yeah, having to like give them a grade in the course is just not. I didn't like that part of it.
2: That's fair. Kind of so their assignments. Kind
0: of, it's hard because you have to sort of like, it's weird to evaluate people in that way because you're you have to sort of look at like the overall picture of the course too, and like, yeah, it's just weird to sort of measure students. Did, did were yeah. you,
1: were you given like decent rubrics or like just you know like uh, good like guides for marking? the assignments from your professor
0: you there were there were some templates to work from but ultimately like i and the other the co-ta of that course like we would meet and and kind of create those together and so that was great we like we had like weekly meetings to kind of plan so that we were on the same page about what we were doing and
1: nice
2: that works nicely nice
1: yeah i mean when i had to mark papers like i think marking essays is definitely easier than like marking scripts or like any kind of creative projects because creative projects, you, you have so many more avenues and like kind of variables to consider versus like papers. Like, is your thesis clear enough? You know, like have did you really see the movie? Like, are you like, You know, it's simple as that, like, (laughs) Did did you, did you really see it? Like, are your scene descriptions all sounding like Wikipedia? I don't know. But anyway, other than that, like, it's pretty simple, but like, I can't even imagine what it's like to give a number grading to a, like a script that you're trying to like help them develop into like a piece of art, but you know,
0: yeah, totally. It's a weird, a weird mode to be in for sure.
3: I still remember some of the assignments for that first year, course. Was I when I was in it? So, are they still like? Was one of them still like uh, describe some story in five images?
0: Yes. Yeah, that's the very first one.
3: Oh yeah. So nothing's changed with that at all.
0: Nothing's changed. No.
3: <laughs> do you? I, am I safe to say you think it could have like, it could it would like it be due for some changes or some updates?
2: I think it's. I do. What I do you
0: think is good? It's it's designed as sort of exercises and I think that's a really good way to start like for for people who are who really haven't done any screenwriting before I think that's useful um yeah I don't know I think there were just a, there were really just a couple assignments that I think could go and could be could be replaced with more interesting ones but there was some good stuff in there too
2: I don't want yeah I agree with what you're saying one. on the exercises yeah and I think most of most of the first year, um,
0: projects are very exercise based. And I think that's, that's probably a good thing.
3: Right. All right. So going back a bit, you mentioned so that when you've gone to third and fourth year, you have started to experience a little bit more of what you were hoping the whole undergrad would be with a more like intimate, like workshop type settings. Um, what was like the first course you really found yourself enjoying in the screenwriting program and like thought you were getting like what you bargained for?
0: I definitely enjoyed. I did enjoy the second year um, screenwriting course with Maureen Dory. That was that was good in the second half of the year. Um, but really, I think in my third year was when I, I got to take a TV writing course, and that for me was was sort of like, oh, I want to, yeah, this is what I want to do. Um, and
3: was that- the third year TV writing course with the spec scripts of other shows?
0: Yeah, it was. So we were doing. That's right. And we had kind of a simulated writer's room situation too, where we'd be in groups all writing the same spec script of the same show. So that was cool. I, I, that really kind of, it wasn't until then that I, that I really realized I wanted to write for TV. So that was exciting.
3: See, I never had that with our, well, with my TV writing courses, we had like the writing specs of other shows, but they never tried to do a simulated writer's room. Could you talk more about that and like how that worked?
0: I mean we would just have there would it would just be during our class time where we would like the instructor would send we had um I can't remember how many series were on the go in that course but I think I think she chose like four series that we could spec and then there were like maybe five or six people in each of those groups and so we would just disperse to to other rooms on campus to go and kind of do our own writers room thing and just just kind of help each other map out our episodes.
3: I feel like that's a good way to write specs of other shows. Do you find yourself, did you enjoy writing the spec of the other show or?
0: I did. Yeah. It was a good, it was a really good exercise. I've done a couple, I think I've written two spec scripts. Um, Yeah. It's good practice for sure. It helped me. And I was writing, they were all half hour series and that's kind of um, the format that I'm interested in writing. So that was helpful for sure.
3: What shows of... Uh, so what specs have you written of other shows?
0: I did a spec. So in that course, I did Smilf, which got canceled. But um, right. But at the time, it was on pre-problematic production issues. Um, yeah. But yeah, I did that. And then I wrote a spec of Pen15 as well.
3: Oh, nice. I love Pen15.
0: Yeah, it's such a great show.
3: I know. It sadly like got canceled, too, undeservedly.
0: It didn't get canceled. They decided to end it.
3: Oh, is that oh, what it really? was? Yeah,
0: they they were like they just felt it was they had done what they needed to do with it for now anyway
3: okay that's my bad yeah. uh but i love what <laughs> i only i didn't watch all of it i saw the first season but uh i plan to finish the rest
2: you definitely should it's yeah so good it's a gem
3: uh so and how did you find so how did you find the feature screenwriting course uh, when you're up there
0: Good. Like that was also a great experience writing a full a full feature script. Um, I don't particularly want to do that again. Maybe I do. <laughs> I, don't know. I shouldn't say I don't, but but it's not like I'm not super drawn to that format. But it's nice that like I know how it works, and I ha- I do have a feature script in my portfolio.
2: You know. What was your feature screenplay about? It's about a <laughs> It's about a German voice actor who switches
0: bodies with Jim Carrey.
2: <laughs> oh my
1: god, what? <laughs> Go on like <laughs> That sounds amazing.
0: Um it's called Ich bin Jim, which means oh I am Jim in German. That's and amazing. yeah, it's it's this kind of like German voice actor who's not really having much success, but he's he really wants to be a playwright and he's married to a very successful playwright um and he during a voice session he um he like he is the dubbing actor for Jim Carrey i should have given you that detail that's important <laughs> <laughs> and so one day when he's recording when he's dubbing Ace Ventura 3 um Jim Carrey <laughs> is simultaneously meditating in in his uh painting studio in LA and they they switch bodies that sounds
2: fantastic.
0: Fat. I'll leave the rest to your imagination.
2: This is a... heavily
0: heavily inspired by being John Malkovich and also my childhood love of Jim Carrey.
1: I was just about to say, like, it's like being John Malkovich becomes Jim Carrey, but also like Freaky Friday and this exactly, beautiful yeah.
0: those melding. Two, like totally, those are the two touchstones.
1: That's awesome. Cinema <laughs> yeah. cinema
3: was yeah. waiting for a blend of
0: those.
1: Right. <laughs> kind of I know for a fact Charlie Kaufman would love that script. Like, <laughs> oh my gosh!
0: Or just yeah. think I'm totally ripping him off.
3: I
1: think I think you'd approve.
2: Well, thank you for that. What's
3: your favorite Jim Carrey movie?
2: Oh man, I don't know if I can even answer that. Do you like a top three? <laughs> like, I mean, they ha- a
0: lot of them really haven't aged. I would say The Truman Show.
2: Mm nice Uh, fair enough
0: because i mean as a kid i loved like the mask and i sent her and stuff but watching those they don't always they don't always age well dumb and dumber sorry that's that one is timeless truly (laughs) dumb and dumber and and the truman show are the two faves i think
1: yeah great jeff daniels performance too in dumb and dumber that's just a banger 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 movie
3: So uh, I can't think of like a great segue for this question, but looking back at your experience, uh, at least throughout your undergrad and even just your master's so far, what do you think is the most, like the
2: most valuable thing you've learned so far, like about screenwriting or through this experience? Great question.
0: I guess um, the importance of like mapping out an idea, I think, is is big. I I was never very good. I think I really resisted like outlining things until being in school. Um, I think it's just really good to have a roadmap, but at the same time, I think it's important not to get too bogged down in the conceptual stuff and like just work on the thing itself. I think that's very important as well. Um, Yeah, I think that's a big one. And also just kind of like what we talked about, like just the importance of trying out different roles, like whether that's on set or, um like I got really into story editing while at York because there's been opportunities to do that um in class and outside of it and yeah I think just just trying different things is really important and also being deliberate about um like making connections with other people and reaching out to help on other people's projects and things like that
2: I think yes is, yep
0: it's important as well and I I probably don't do enough of that but i Done some of it, you know.
3: No, I get that. Uh do you find yourself writing, do you like with the scripts you're writing on your own? Do you often outline or
0: yeah, I think I mean I I sometimes they yeah, always change inevitably, but
2: but yes, I definitely I've I've definitely been outlining each thing before I before I start actually writing the script.
0: Sometimes it's yeah. a very half assed outline, but I always try <laughs> to have some sort of version of the thing.
2: That's fair. hard.
0: Writing is super hard.
2: Yeah.
3: Writing is super hard. I can back yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so especially I for like,
0: so I, I don't always know where it's going. So it's yeah. Sometimes I think no matter what, whenever you're writing, you are to some extent just making it up as you go along. You, I mean, you literally are making it up. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Especially for like, a very specific format too like that's one thing that i i have like when i'm trying to write scripts like trying to stay within the realm of the screen the script format and like know what's possible like you have to be thinking about a budget and like literally trying to attempt to shoot it in your head like sure you could sometimes you can just write like a spec script and you know that like you you don't have to worry about a budget or something like it's but, you know, for the most part, like if, if it's a short that you want to produce or something, it's like, oh, my God, I don't just have to. Th- it's not I. it's not just like a book where I can just write the events that I want to write, like or like a novel or something or some kind of fiction. It's like script. It's fiction, but it's it's with a lot of limitations and a very specific system and formatting. It's great. It's great. It's not stressful.
0: <laughs> I think that's yeah, those are good points. I, but I think, too, that um, it's important not to to focus too much on what's like marketable or what's producible and like when you're actually working on the thing, um, I think that can really like fog your inspiration. And, and I think people can feel too, when you're, when you're setting out to write like a certain kind of movie or a certain kind of show, you can feel that it's not coming from like a place of like, this is what I really want to write. And, and it, you know, can, people can feel if if something's
2: uninspired. I think. Yeah, yeah for 100%. sure.
1: Anyone could see through like a a B version of something, or like you know, yeah. uh, just j- just in general, like kind of like a. I mean, granted, no no offense to like Lifetime movies or uh, those Hallmark movies. Maybe not Lifetime. Uh, I'm thinking of Hallmark. Those Hallmark. No Lifetime movies. Hallmark. It- uh, yeah, yeah, like. No, no offense to them, but just, you know, sometimes I can feel like their scripts, they maybe the writers weren't putting all of their effort in, you know, sometimes I can kind of tell, but you know, that's
3: just me. Oh, this is someone who got their foot in the door in a Hallmark Christmas, Hallmark Christmas movie production company. Really? Let me tell you. Yeah. I yeah. I did. I... <laughs> I...
0: Amazing.
3: <laughs> yeah. My first job out of York was working uh, for a year and a bit. I'd interned there for a couple of years prior, but it was a, It's production company in Toronto that makes like Hallmark Christmas movies. They've made a bunch of Lifetime thrillers and all.
0: I remember you telling me about this. Yeah.
3: Yes. It was. uh, It was time. It was good. It was actually very good. It was a good experience. I learned a lot there, especially but like
0: so many excellent things from that experience. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) At least Um, like good material for yourself.
3: Oh yeah, it's sure. Yeah, a thousand percent. <laughs> so many treatments of Christmas movies and trying to make it more Christmassy and trying to come up with Christmas activities that hadn't been done a million times. But at the same time, we're like, weren't pushing the envelope too much. It was great.
2: Amazing.
3: Right. Um, so going off uh, that question of like, what do you think like the most valuable thing you've learned? Do you think there's any one lesson... Uh, that profs kept trying to push that wasn't that helpful, or at least not as helpful as some profs seem to think.
0: Um, I had one writing teacher who her whole her attitude was very much that a screenwriter is never going to be in control over how their how their script is produced, and so she had very specific ideas about how screen directions should be written. And I think that I get where she was coming from because, you know in most cases, if you are trying to be a screenwriter, you're going to be handing your script off to someone else who's going to direct it and produce it. But I think it's kind of, it comes back to that, what we were talking about earlier with um, this kind of pigeonholing a little bit and not kind of encouraging because maybe there are writers in that class who are like, but actually I do want to direct. And they should maybe be thinking about, no, like maybe I do want to direct this thing that I'm writing, even if I'm just making it with some friends or something. And um, I think, I also think that, there's lots of room in in screen directions for your own voice and and so I, I wish that that had been pushed a little bit more and not discouraged yeah and also any sense.
3: no that does and also going off that like When you, when you hand your script to someone to read, you want them to read the script and see the movie, like as they're reading it, like you want that powerful direction, at least in the action, like the visual direction, like you want a little bit of that, like, or a decent amount of it really, like.
0: Yeah. And I think there, there was also, I mean, on the flip side, another, right. Another instructor had her whole thing was that, yes, like a script is not the finished film because you know the the final draft of a script is the finished film but yeah. the script should also be an entertaining piece of writing even if it is just a means to an end it's, it should still be a good yeah good piece of One hundred that's yeah i I definitely have taken that
2: with me
3: yeah for sure. all right we're kind of at the end of our time but laura i want to thank okay. you for coming on the podcast seriously
0: hey thank you guys for inviting me this is a really nice chat
1: Right. Yeah. Like, yeah, th- this has been a great chat. Thanks for coming on. Much appreciated. Thank you,
0: Thank you both for hosting.
1: Do you have any like last minute plugs or anything specific you wanted to like shout out before we, uh, we wrap up?
0: No plugs really. I'm just, I'm kind of in my own head and writing zone right now. So I'm not really, I don't have much to, um, yeah, to advertise at the moment. Although I am, I'm also in, um, I sing in a Shania Twain cover band called Runaway Twain
3: what that's fantastic
0: (laughs) why haven't we been talking about this this whole time we should have opened with
3: that (laughs) cut the whole episode we're doing it again
0: (laughs) it's really it's my friend josh and and aaron's it's their thing but i sing back up and we have a show on may 6th at the cameron house so i guess that's something i can i can plug
1: that's
3: awesome
0: that's awesome that wow that's super cool our first uh show since the pandemic hit so that'll be fun
3: that is that sounds great. I wish we could talk more about your music background. Cause like I have a bit of a music background myself with I took piano when I was a kid, but then I played drum for ten, played drums for 10 years throughout high school. Oh, cool. And when I used to have I don't have access to drum kit anymore, but I started taking vocal lessons recently.
0: Oh, cool. Good for you. Yeah.
1: Oh, and he's not mentioning that he also plays the banjo. Oh, I do
3: play oh, the God. banjo. That's right. Jack
0: of all trades.
1: I try. I'm
3: sorry. I don't know. I, I said I did I love how he said I wish we talked about more about your musical background and then it just goes off <laughs> two minutes. <laughs>
0: Hey, this is a give and take. It's a conversation.
2: Right. Exactly.
0: (laughs) I just (laughs) had a memory. I had a memory of, I'll just share my very first experience like physically going to York was orientation day. And I like I went to the wrong one because I went to the the sort of general orientation for like the entire school of the arts, media performance and design. And so it was just like me sitting alone. Well, not alone. I was surrounded by like, you know, and I I was 28 at the time and everyone else around me is like. Eighteen, fresh out of high school, and just like this auditorium performance, it was like there was like an acapella group and like break dancers, and it was wild. And it made me wonder what the hell I was doing there. But I later learned that there had been this like chill pizza party for all the film students that I didn't get the email about. So I just went to the wrong fucking orientation day when I could have been like, you know, meeting other people in my program over a slice of pie.
3: That's oh, wow. the most York University story I've ever
2: heard. <laughs> it was Just very about to disappointing and stupid.
1: Yeah, missing out on like the chill, actually good orientation because they didn't email you about it. That's like you couldn't get more York than that. I mean, like, it
0: might have sucked, too, but at least it would have been like, OK, here are your film instructors and here are others. Yeah. Also studying what you're studying.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It was it was a time, guys. <laughs>
3: Yeah, <laughs> and on that note, yes. <laughs> there's your thank you again out. for coming on. Seriously,
0: thank you guys so much for having me. This is really nice. And yeah. take good care.
3: Break a leg on your upcoming show.
0: Oh, thanks so much.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, good luck. Get your uh, get your Twain on.
0: I will. I'm gonna <laughs> Twain it up. And you guys, good luck with all your projects and things. Oh, thank, thank you. you. Okay, we'll be in touch. Thanks, guys.
1: Yeah. Yes, we will. Take care. Bye. Have a good day, Laura. Nice talking to you. You too. I Went to Film School is recorded in Toronto, Canada and produced by Zach Gladstone and Anthony Moss.